Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The biggest thing, I, and I need to say this, it's to sit here on this platform with three former NFL players who understand what has happened in the National Football League and for you guys to take a stand and take a charge into this and lean into this the right way for these coaches who are out there busting their butt, trying to get an opportunity so that they can be the best that they can be yeah. and, and realize their dreams and hopes. I thank you, because it doesn't happen that way. It really doesn't. We had to fight to get a meal, yeah, wrongfully accused, we had to fight to get a pill, that's why we right to get a deal, he on the team, he gotta eat, you know, despite the skills, Fact. keep it riding for the fam, you gotta like the wiggin' wheels, straight up, but in the past bag, work up in the trash bag, I'll pass a lot to take the test before I pass class, yeah. and my family needed bread, I had to come correct, that's why I keep airing it out like I just passed gas. This past Wednesday, we saw President Joe Biden inaugurated. When Jennifer Lopez started singing, I got emotional. And I, I don't know why. Like, seriously, I'm sitting there at the top of our stadium and I'm looking at it on the big screen. My eyes just filled up with water. I cried. You cried? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't because of Biden, because we've seen a lot of white men become president. It was because of Kamala. Mm. Like, a woman that looks like me, that went to an HBCU, are you kidding me? I think every black and brown girl felt seen. Everybody has told us that we're not good enough, we're too emotional. Um, we obviously, no matter what qualification, we're still not qualified for those types of positions. So to see her become vice president, I don't think any young girl has a limitation right now. Wow. And like, that's dope. But I think what was a good gesture by her camp is that uh, the, the the black officer? Yes, you know who led the rioters away from the Capitol his life. chambers. You know he was able to ex escort her and lead her into the uh, inauguration. So it, it's pretty good, man. It was touching. I think. Uh, yeah. We don't know what's gonna happen over the next four years, but I think the beautiful thing is the optimism. Yes. You know when Obama campaigned. And they're going to say, oh, you guys are just liberals. You're this, you know, aside from all of that. Because when I think about hope, which was the message yeah. of his campaign, I think about every, all of us, you know, you, me, white, black, you know, rich, poor, like all of us, let's, let's come together and figure it out. And I think that's the message in uh, uh, 46, Joe Biden's speech, you know, come together. Let's put our differences aside, which is what we need to do. Uh, and, and, and find a way to come together. So for me, I didn't get uh, emotional, but the optimism, you know, I'm, I'm the, probably the most optimistic person in the world. Yeah. So that optimism made me feel great. It made my heart smile. And um, hopefully, you know, they'll make it a little bit better these next four years or however years going forward, better for my kids, you know, and other people's kids, because we need to see the light. 
And hopefully it's not a, a train. Bit better, a lot better. Yeah. Like there was so much the divisiveness. There was so much anger and hate in mm-hmm. these that, you know, I don't even say the name, but 45. Now with 46 and Kamala too, I'm with you. you know, I'm talking about Kamala for months. That's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> but to get in there and yeah. have somebody that you know is gonna bring people together. Like they have, there's a lot to fix now. We all understand there's a lot to fix. Yeah. But to have to have somebody that's not gonna try to divide and say, we need to make this how it used to be. No, let's live in the now yeah. and let's fix what we have now. And that's the hope thing, Fred. I'm with you right there. The hope went up in my heart. I ain't gonna cry. B, you crying, you too big, you big as hell. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't cry, bro. It's okay I'll to share a tear. It's okay. What's wrong with that? He got on. He got like on. Politics, I, I don't know what politics plastic is. bag and he's crying. <laughs> he's going to die, man. He's going to dehydrate himself. No, but, but, but like this is the first year that I really leaned into the process and understanding how important it is to participate and the power in our vote. Where I'm from, I, I don't know what politics is. A lot of us, what is politics? I've never seen nobody marching down Mayflower. Absolutely. I've never seen, you know, what is that? Year after year after year, nothing changed where we come from. You understand? So that's why I said I don't know why I got emotional. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about change, like, it's time for us to see real change. And I just feel like, like you said, Chan, uh, the last couple years have been real divisive. And, you know, finally getting out of that and, and, and just hopeful yeah. that things can change. Right. Um, I think that's maybe why I was emotional. You know? let, let, let me note just really quick. I'll note and then we can move it. However, we're going to move the conversation. Stacey Abrams. MVP. Man. Unbelievable. You know what they did down in Georgia? Yes. You know, claiming those two Senate, those, the, the, the runoff, the Senate runoff. And being able to, you know, close that gap and, and win those seats. And now, you know, what you're giving President Biden is what is the same thing you gave, you know, Barack Obama. You know, because there was some resistance to uh, Barack Obama. And Tupac said it years ago. I know it might seem heaven sent, but we ain't ready to have a black president. <laughs> you feel me? And yeah. it was like that. Yeah. And we needed the the control of the House and the Senate mm-hmm. in order to get his agenda pushed forward. And thankfully, after what we've seen the last four years and how, you know, the Senate's had the last say on everything and a lot of things that made sense didn't necessarily get pushed through. Now we have an opportunity to di- direct his agenda, yeah. you know, straight off the back. And if it's yeah. not good, we got two years to figure it out and then we go vote again. Yes. You know, and, and figure it out then. So, you know, I'm just thankful for the people down in Georgia, Stacey Abram, how she just took the lead. Beautiful black woman just just stood up. Right. So, uh, man, this country has some say so, yeah. you know, and that's why it's still the greatest country on, on the face of the earth. And I ain't just saying it be political. You go to all these other places, you come back home, you're like, you know, <laughs> just think about what we were two weeks on? ago. Two Correct. weeks ago. But the state capital. Right, that was awful. That was the same place where they were marching at today. Right. So you felt a sense of peace. Yeah. And like you said, then you felt a sense of hope. Because two weeks ago, we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And then you look at today and there was no incident. Nothing happened out of the ordinary. Yep. And so you feel like, wow, maybe we really can come together. True. And because we're talking about the politics of the country... Can we talk about the politics of the NFL? 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Because for me, that ain't it. Got it. They ain't figured it out for you. That ain't it. I mean, we got some amazing, and, and, and it ain't about, it is about race at the end of the day, right? You look at the AFC Championship game, right? The coaches that are coaching in that game, you know, we got Todd Bowles, D coordinator in Tampa, Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator in Tampa, uh, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator in KC, and then we got Leslie Frazier, D coordinator in Buffalo. What is the f- problem? Where are the interviews? Yeah. You know, these, these guys have great resumes. We got to find a way to put them in positions where they're head coaches, and then they're calling the shots. And, and the Rooney rule, I, sh- I don't think it, it's warranted, you know, in this particular um, situation. Because these guys have... They, they're, Fred, they're, they're in position. They're yeah, in position. They're, they're in position. That's what I'm saying. That's what their, their resume speaks for themselves. Yes. They don't have to have the Rooney rule to say, all right, come in the door, just for us to say, all right, ch- check that box. Bye. It, it, it's time to figure but this what, out. And what that good is right. your resume if they keep changing the job qualification? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Right. So when you apply for a job, you curtail your resume to fit the job description. So you're going to highlight the things that they've listed. These are things we want to see for you. So for, for us to feel good about you doing this job. But every year they change their job description. You guys were told that you had to be coordinators. Now we have four coordinators playing in the most important game that's going to get you to the Super Bowl and still yet you're not qualified? Like, how does that make sense? 
How are you supposed to succeed when they keep moving the goalpost on you? Now you can be some random stud that just seems really smart out of college or some random position coach that, oh, that guy's a genius. But what about the geniuses that are coaching these two important games? And I think it shows that when you lose, they absolutely blame you. But when you win, oh, it's not because of Todd Bowles. So they won't attribute your successes to you, but they will yeah. attribute Drew Brees played bad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how, how do you how do you reconcile that? Essay, I'm just tired of being tired. Mm. When you look at what's going on, it's unfair. And it just needs to stop. Somebody needs to put an end to this. But I've said this before on the show before here. Until everybody understands how it this league started. Can they really dig in and understand where we are today? Until you go back and understand that minorities were not supposed to be a part of the league when it started. Mm -hmm. So the minority starting point is much different than our Caucasian brothers. And we all have to understand that. But at the same time, if we're talking about diversity and inclusion and changing this, then someone has to mandate something. It, It has to be a mandate when you're watching a coach who's been in the league for four years, Mm -hmm. become a coordinator for one year, and get a head coaching job, one of the premier head coaching jobs. Hmm, That's got to tell you something. And and I have nothing against him. It's not me against him. It's me against the system. Because it's unfair to my brothers who work extremely hard, who have put themselves in position to have an opportunity to, to run a team, and they can't. And it's not that they can't. They're being told that they can't. Yeah. And I think that's unfair. I want to ask, Coach, like, like you said, even out Tampa, Fred talking about Tampa. So you'll let Byron Leftwich run your offense. You'll let Bowles run your defense. You'll let them get you to the NFC Championship game. I think they have a chance to beat the Packers. Like, Tampa's a team. Mm-hmm. Why do they not – why would they have you at that second level of coordinator, but they're not comfortable putting you at the top, making you a head coach? You know, uh, Channing, I wish I had that answer. Um, I've been through it. I've walked that process out. I put myself in position so they could not tell me no. I tried to coach the quarterback because if you coach him, they can't tell you no. Mm-hmm. Byron is who did Tom Brady go hug yeah. right when this game was about over? Byron yeah. Leftwich. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's who he went hug first. And I applaud Bruce Arians for what he's done. He's put Todd Bowles in position. He's put Byron Leftwich in position. He's got an assistant yep. head coach. That's what you're supposed to do. I did the same thing in Cleveland. But you got to win, and they're winning. But for those guys not to be considered to be head coaches today, there is something fundamentally wrong with the system. And until we drive into the system and say, wait a minute, this thing's got to change, nothing's going to change. Here's the issue. We can't continue to put addendums around this Rooney rule all we want. It's not going to fix the problem. The problem is the owners. They want to hire people that look like them, that talk like them, that come from places that they come from. That's the issue. When Troy Vincent and the NFL and Roger Cadell, they've been working hard. Oh, we're going to roll out this addendum and we're going to make sure that we incentivize teams to put minorities in positions of power and to develop minorities. Said, man, I ain't going to work. They need to start with the owners. How do we go through 2020 with racial tension soaring? 
All this equality, diversity, all these conversations that we're having. Bingo. We finally start using the football field as a platform to have these conversations. The NFL, we've never been able to say Black Lives Matter and do all that stuff and, you know, Breonna Taylor on our jerseys and stuff. How do we go through all of that in 2020? And then here in 2021, we got seven head coaching vacancies open and not one black coach right now. You know what I think should have happened? The owner should have got together and said, who's going to hire the black guy? We got to hire the black guy. Even that. Like, we, we, know, we understand the problem. But to me, it's like, it's frustrating because from a PR standpoint, they should have got together and said, who's going to hire the black guy? They didn't even do that. And make him the first hire. They didn't even yeah. do that. To help the yeah. situation. But that's what makes it seem so intentional. And, I, and I've been someone that's tried to push this narrative of unconscious bias. They just unconsciously hire people that they relate to. But it's getting really hard to defend that narrative, right? Because like you, it's been a PR nightmare for them for the last few years, right? They know as soon as hiring cycle starts, ESPN's about to start this whole thing of tracking the black coaches. I mean, Jaguars. FS1, too. Yep. So Jaguars, they actually created on their website a tracker. Because they wanted a trans, they wanted transparency. So they literally have a page on their website that shows all the people that they interview for GM and head coach when they came in, just so they can defend them hiring Urban Meyer, who they knew they wanted. Shot has been trying to get Urban Meyer for years. That's like the worst kept secret, like in the NFL. But they did that to create transparency, which I applaud them. But it, it, it's just hard to say it's not intentional. Because like you said, why wouldn't y'all get together and just do it? So you know how much intention it takes to say, look, I know we're going to get killed for this. I still don't want to hire a black guy. Right. It's just how can you do this? I mean, how can we sit here and continue to say it's just OK? I mean, you take Cliff Kingsbury, who comes from college and yeah. he gets a head coaching job. You now have Urban Meyer, who's coming from college, who's never coached in the National Football League. He gets a head coaching job. And I have nothing against neither guy. Yeah. I mentioned the guy that's at the Chargers. We have two minority GMs that are new, but their coaches were already picked. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, lean into that a little more. They also. over a lot of people's heads. You take Brad Holmes, who's now the GM at the Detroit Lions. Everybody knew that Dan Campbell was getting the job. Yeah. That, that was talked about before he ever took the position. Mr. Fontenot came after they hired Arthur Smith. So the question as a minority and a coach who's been in the league, are they really in charge? Because you understand the issue that we're facing today. And you're in those positions and you didn't get an opportunity to hire someone who looks like you. That does, th does everything that you do. Yeah. And, and the craziest thing, when we were playing, even before we started playing in the NFL, they always said what? The NFL is a copycat league. Yes. It ain't just on the field. It's in the front office. Right. What you just mentioned about hiring a coach and then hiring a GM, mm -hmm. you know, th this is the exact same thing that was used, the, the process that was just used in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. They hired a coach and then they're going back to hire the GM. But I, I think, um, you know, just looking at it all, you said it's broken. The, the PR that's behind it, they didn't get it right. This is the year that you have more blacks available than almost yeah. any other year. 
you know, you that have we're living, guys that are winning. Like, that it's are not winning. even like we're just asking to give them a that job are winning. and take a chance. And, They're and literally aside winning. from that, because what I've seen is I've seen a lot of these head coaches, they fall off the, the you know, from head coaching ranks to coordinators. You know, Jack found his way in D.C. You got Gus Bradley, and I love Gus. He's an amazing person. Yes. From uh, the Chargers, now he just got a defense coordinator. Right, same uh, thing. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So when, when that tree, you know what I'm saying, that's always low-hanging fruit yeah. for but those for, guys. But Fred, wait a minute. I've been sitting at home. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 I expect I've your been, phone to I've ring. been sitting at home. Yeah. I expect your phone to ring. See, so it ain't about, a, a lot of times, it ain't about track record. You know what I'm saying? It, they, they, they try to prop it up as it is about track record. It's about face. Yeah. Like face this is our room. this is our clubhouse. We at the end of the day, we're gonna let you guys know we still own this. Shit. See, this is what gets we're, me. This is what I struggle we're, we're with. Business owners. Brandon, Channing, and Fred. You guys got to know the owners of your team. Mm-hmm. You shook their hands. You went around their families. Right. You you had conversations with them. I have a hard time when they keep saying, well, the owners need to find people that look like them. Yeah. They high-fived with you, celebrated you when right. you scored touchdowns, made tackles, scored touchdowns. Now we say they don't know you. Yeah. But they deal with you then. Right. They deal with you, but it's a power dynamic. It's different when dealing with someone that works for you versus dealing with someone that, that's close to your level. But they're not. I mean, at the end of the day, as a head coach, I'm not on the level as the owner. Because the owner can do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But when you look at that and you really think through that, because I do, I, I push back when people say, well, they got to make sure that they look like you. Well, they deal with us on every level. Correct. If you had issues, you can go into the owner's office and have a great but conversation. In, in that, as, as hired help. Yeah, yes. it's a different dynamic. Okay. Okay. It's a different dynamic. So, okay. so, so what you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with these billionaires who don't have time for anything, Right. It, it, and it's crazy. The NFL and the NBA is so different. Those owners seem to take the time and they, it seems as if these guys, and I'm on the outside looking in, I don't know for sure, but just per, the perception of it all. It seems as if, if I'm an owner, I can say, Brent B, come over, let, let's have dinner at the house. I, I, I don't, I don't, you, you know, know what, what I'm saying? Yeah, at, but, at, at the house. Yeah. In the NFL, you're not going to get that. But I, I was never offered that. I was the best player in Jacksonville. For my entire 11 years there, regardless of what they try to say now, I am the best <laughs> motherfucking thing that touched Jackson. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to see this. I don't give a <laughs> what it is. I know I'm the best player that's ever played there. No, they, There's a whole lot of other number shit two, that come bro. with it. Go ahead. Uh, number two. That was bad. I, hey, no, I push back on you on this. Because like you, we, know, we know where these owners stand. And it ain't no different in the NBA. The difference is the players had a power in the NBA. The players come together and they move together. That's true. That's the difference. So until the NFL player come together and really use their platform and say, we're not standing for this no more, it's going to be the same old story. That's the only thing that's going to change this is, and I don't want to put, I'm not going to call any names out because I don't want to put the weight of the world on just one guy or a couple guys. But what happened always with the CBA, collective bargaining agreement, when we're always, you know, sitting back at the table, we don't have the most powerful people sitting at that table. No. No. You know, the most powerful people in the NFL is usually the quarterback. 
And who is that? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. We paid Drew Brees a million dollars back in 2011 to be a part of negotiations. He got paid to do that. You know what I'm saying? So until the black player come together and, 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 and have a conversation like, man, what are we going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? It will never change. It, it starts. It, it always starts at end on the field. But do you guys care who you play for, though? Like, when you were playing, did you care or want to have a black head coach? Because I think that's the issue is I'm not, I'm not sure. I've worked in the NFL for a long time. I'm not sure that they care. Like, I was at the Panthers when we hired Matt Rule, and I just knew that Eric Bieniemy was going to be a finalist and or get the job. I never got a sense from the players that they cared, and that's not a knock on them. I just – is that a priority for you guys? We don't – we don't – like, most players don't care, Right. Most players don't care because before 2016, Cap took his knee and then, you know, we progressed to 2020 and everything that's happening now. It was, oh, it, everything's fair. Like, we weren't having these conversations. Absolutely. So now we're having these conversations. And we're like, oh, this isn't fair. Yeah. I play, I, Coach Tony Sperano, I had Pete Carroll, I had Kyle, Mike Shanahan. Loved them. Great coaches. But I also had Lovey Smith. I also had Todd Bowles as my head coaches. And, and, and now what we're doing today is we're like, yo, we're having these conversations and we're finally realizing that our guys aren't getting these gigs. Mm -hmm. So now I think the player care. Now I think that Deshaun Watsons is looking at the Texans like, why didn't you, why didn't you interview Eric Bieniemy? Why did it take for me to do all of this for you to finally say, okay, let me give him a call? Yeah. Now you want to do that? Yeah. The, the, the thing about NFL and Speaking from from the from the the lesser of the the three ball players up here, I was chasing checks. That's it. I just want a check. I want to get as much money as I can before these knees, these ankles, these shoulders, whatever goes out is gonna go out. Because NFL's not for long. That whole thing. So I think a lot of players chase that check. And when they do the rookie scaling, especially when they moved it back Cam's year, when now you know yeah. Bra Sam Bradford made seventy million, then Cam went to twenty four. So they did that rookie scale. So now you really ain't set for life if even if you get drafted in the early first round. So I think the NFL is more based around let me get my money before something happens to my body. But the difference between the NFL and the NBA, I 100% believe this, is that LeBron James leaves Cleveland, the value of that team goes down. Yeah. Hits the ground. Yeah. Yes. LeBron James went to L.A., the value went up. went up. There's not many NFL players. Fred, you just yeah, say you're the baddest thing running in Jacksonville. When you went to New England, Jacksonville's value didn't go down. Because there's so many players. The NFL's not struck. NBA's 15 guys. Yeah. NFL's 53 with seven on the practice squad, 60, 70 dudes. Bro, it's not the same because uh, those top dudes like Brooklyn right now, James Harden, KD, oh, yeah. and Kyrie, yeah. bro, yes. they, their value just went through the roof. Yeah. You can't get three guys together. Tell me three guys in the NFL that can get together and do what KD Harden and Kyrie didn't. It's, it's impossible. I think the yeah, quarterback position could do that, though. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I think it because of the times. It PR nightmare. Like, now, we need to know where you stand. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. We need to know where you stand on certain issues, certain topics. Yeah. So, when you're not giving us that, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, now you're going to start seeing players finally say, I don't want to be here. Times has changed. Because now players want to do what's right, not what's normal. Everything that's gone on with the social injustice, everything that's happened, 
Now players are starting to see it for what it is and saying, this isn't right. What has been normal is not right anymore. And that's what's starting to happen. And those are the conversations that are starting to happen. And that's what we're starting to see. This NFL thing is just a blip of really what's going on in our world. Right, right. Because you look at college, you look at college football. There's only been one minority hired in college football at the University of Marshall. And I think there was 20 openings. One. So it's everywhere. So until we really understand what the issue is and, and really have real transparent conversations, you can't fix anything. Because what normally happens with this, see, the senior bowl is coming up next week, right? This gets swept under the carpet. It goes away. And looked at it towards the draft. Absolutely. It, and then all of a sudden, here comes the NFL combine. Or, or the draft, then all of a sudden people talk about it a little bit, then it goes away again. But, 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 mm, Chef Nancy, bless us, Chef Nancy, bless us, Chef Nancy. <laughs> it's hot. Boy, I thought, it's we, hot. I thought, man, we got to bring back I Am Black. <laughs> we got hello, Chef. Hello, hello. I have crab stuffed salmon with Ooh, broccolini and so potatoes. Good. I'm going to go chef, over here chef, first. Chef. The biggest thing, I, and I need to say this, it's, to sit here on this platform with three former NFL players who understand what has happened in the National Football League and for you guys to take a stand and take a charge into this and lean into this the right way for these coaches who are out there busting their butt, trying to get an opportunity so that they can be the best that they can be yeah. and, and realize their dreams and hopes. I thank you because it doesn't happen that way. It really doesn't. It just doesn't. We had to fight to get a meal. Yeah, wrongfully accused. We had to fight to get a pills. That's why we right to get a deal. He on the team, he gotta eat, you know, despite your skills. Keep it riding for the fam. You gotta like the wiggin' wheels straight up. But in the past bad, work up in the trash bag. I'll pass a lot to take the test before I pass class. Yeah, and my family needed bread. I had to come correct. That's why I keep airing it out like I just the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.